Welcome to episode 18 of the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and social commentary from an Asian American perspective. I'm Marvin Yue. With me, as always, is Christine Ji Chang, my co-host. How's it going? Hello, everyone. And joining us today, making a triumphant return to the Collabcast, is our Collaboration Seattle Executive Director, Aaron Young. How's it going, Aaron? Pretty good. What's up? Yeah, thanks for having me back on the Collabcast. Thank it's you for joining us. The internet's yeah, it's hot, been a couple weeks. It's been a couple weeks, I think, because I was in Boston last time I did um, a recording. Yeah, more than a couple weeks, my it's dude. It's been like two months now, right? month and a half. Oh, it's been a long oh, time. Oh, it's been that long? Man, you know, time just flies when you're having fun. Well, I mean, every week we somehow mention Aaron's name on our podcast, so. It's only fitting that we bring him back. It's <laughs> like he's been with us this entire time. <laughs> he's like that phantom social media yeah, well, Aaron is Aaron is our uh, our resident expert in all things trending and social media. He's like, are you still um, periscoping or meerkatting or whatever? Nah, these like, days? I I am not. Like, I kind of got over it. It got really cool the first, I don't know, two three weeks when it came out, and then South by Southwest kind of came through, and then Twitter bought Periscope, and then I don't know. Like, it's it, I feel like it kind of lost its hype. Oh yeah, it, it's yeah. you're too cool for it. It's, it's, it's kind of. I feel it. like it's kind of boring now. It's not that interesting. Content-wise, it's awful. It's like the worst. Why? Um, I want to hear because, this. like, okay, like Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, um, you know, all that other stuff, like, or YouTube. Like, when you're shooting video, um, it's all edited, or you're just gonna capture that five, ten, fifteen seconds of quality, interesting stuff or something content right? there you go content right yeah contents and but stuff. but for meerkat and periscope it's like you have it on for 30 minutes and then 20 minutes out like like 90 percent of the time they're just kind of like twiddling their thumbs or like just blabbing and then well i mean that's the difference between like produced content and live content right like if you're if you're doing a live show it's like it's a lot tougher because you have to fill there's no cuts right there's no edits you can't like you can't crop it, right? That's yeah, that's true. Yeah. I love how this is paralleling everything that we do with collaboration. You must well, fill the moments, <laughs> but I'm also kind of getting self conscious right now because Aaron's talking about how people get on there and start blabbing and whatever, and I'm like, well, that's kind of what we do on our podcast. We don't blab though. There's intent. We're talking about important important issues like Snapchat. <laughs> Snapchat's important. People need to know that it exists and to follow us. Actually, we. We need to... you guys were you guys were like latecomers for Snapchat. You guys I know were all that. Like, what are you talking about? Jeez, jeez, Aaron, Snapchat's so lame. Like, who would never use that? And now you guys. Are I like, never said oh, it was God. lame. Is that an impression of me or Minji? That's Marvin. That's, it sounds that's more a combination like of both of you um, combined. False and false. <laughs> I never said it was lame and no one would use it. I knew that everyone would use it for some reason. I was just like, I'm not meant for this. But see, this is how attitude impacts <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah. I told myself I couldn't, and therefore I didn't. And now she can't stop. And now I can't stop. Like, she's Snapchatting right now. No, I'm not. Show your face. I am. Like, maybe. No, I'm not. My phone's not in my hand anymore. So, it is now the month of June, believe it or not. It's been a long, long... APAM is over. Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. Goodbye, APAM 2015. Which means we're finally free from daily, nightly events. Supposedly, it's not true. We've been going to events every night this week too. 
Yeah, and there's that? more to come. We actually have a lot more this month. Did you have a lot of APAM stuff in, in Seattle? Aaron? We had a good amount, but not like every day. Um, it wasn't every day. Marvin's being dramatic per usual. It was, it, was, it was a lot of stuff. Yeah, Marvin's all like, man, June, I mean, May was a tough month for me. I, I felt way too popular. <laughs> no, I'm not. No. <laughs> it stresses him out, you guys. It's, it's complete, so hard. It's the opposite. You guys don't understand. <laughs> No, we um, no. Uh-huh. Well, but yeah, but like here in Seattle, um, you know, we were part of an event that was um, that was at the Seattle Center, and you know, we had we probably had like six of our past finalists kind of come out and perform, and uh, it was really cool. Like, um, it was like an all day event um, by the Space Needle, and we got to you know support the were, event. Support were they well artists. attended? Yeah. Nice. Um, that's the, that's the interesting thing for me because we're so in it on a regular basis with being part of collaboration. I really am curious from an outsider perspective if I was just a normal citizen, <laughs> the, you know, like attending that kind of thing. Would I would I do that if I wasn't planning them and if it were my friends that were directly performing in them and things like that? Like how many I would go to or what kind of thing I would show up to? That's true. I, I feel mean, like it's biased from my perspective. Well, I mean, we're, we're so embedded into the like the – LA Asian American entertainment like bubble so that you know any of these events we will know at least like five ten people that are there yeah so, we love them and want yeah. to support them I'm saying like elsewhere elsewhere outside of LA elsewhere even in LA just not us how that how you find out about it what's the appeal how you know how much does that matter to people for somebody who's not in attached to one of our organizations or one of our partner organizations who gets really excited by that concept or if we're good at instigating yeah. interest for people who aren't that's my question if anyone listening out there wants to send me their two cents i really want to know because yeah we're trying to gauge our impact here well, i mean <laughs> just in general i think just having a month like just to say that this is a month where we appreciate the asian heritage Yes. Um, is more than we had before, right? Like, I don't know when APAM started, but it's always stuff like, you know, you hear about it, right? You're, you know, your cities or your, your news will make mention of it. Like, you know, every every February, you know, that's African-American Heritage Month. Mm-hmm. And every May, like, oh, it's... I guess you, you start noticing more Asian stuff on, like, morning news segments or, like, you know, all of a sudden, City Hall decides that they want to do... to celebrate the Asian communities in their in their cities. Right. I just wonder how much it gets celebrated or like appreciated by people who are not. It's our our month to celebrate. Like, oh, we are Asian American and think about what that means and our different cultural heritage and things like that. But I guess maybe it's because we have February where we do the whole Lunar New Year thing and go nuts mm. with all that stuff. Like, how much do well, outside well, I mean, Lunar people New come Year, things like it, that? That's more like I think celebrating Asian American heritage. Is a little bit different. I mean, it's, it is it's different. No, it's totally like, different because not all Asian you know, Asian Americans celebrate Lunar New Year, right? And it's different to that yeah. just like just to have like you know, there's there's our cultural heritage, and there's also our like there's gotta be some. I think it's it's hard to describe because we're still such a like for most of us, not all of us. Like there's there are you know some third fourth generation Japanese American Chinese American families out there, but the vast majority of Asians in America are first and second generation right now, going mm-hmm. to their going into our third. Word. So maybe it's still it's still developing, I guess. I wish I could have been at the Seattle show because I would have loved to go performed, right? 
yeah, he performed at the Seattle Center. It was really cool. Um, he had a new album release that came out what earlier this year, and you know he performed a few of those tracks, and he performed a few of his you know old ODs. Um, yeah, it was, if, you if you guys haven't heard of. If you guys haven't heard of Go, it's um, his uh, full stage name is Gifted on West East. He's a really cool rapper out of Seattle. Like Aaron said, he's released a new a new album, so check it out on mm-hmm. uh, Bandcamp. Is he, he's on Bandcamp, right? I th- he's like on everything. Um, <laughs> but we will we'll share those links so that people can access that. We've actually featured Go in in the intro for our podcast before, yeah. right? Yeah. Love. So you guys should go check out our our old. You know, it's funny. Um, people have been coming up to me lately saying they've been catching up on um, our episodes, and I've been noticing because I, I check our stats every day that um, people there are people downloading our older episodes going back as far as like we've been doing this for almost like over four months now. Really? Yeah. What? It's episode eighteen. Yeah. So, um, like just yesterday at the Tuesday Cafe, um, which is a good a, a great um open mic um art open art um open mic night art and community showcase event event showcase. um they had a shout they, out to sean <laughs> they had their um their uh event last night and phil you and your agent man was there and he like came up to me and said hey i've been uh catching him on your podcast sounds like we've been hanging out for the last like because he's been traveling a lot, so I guess he listens to it on the plane while he's traveling. Aw, thank you, Phil. We miss you. It's so... I was complaining about this earlier today because we have our LA show coming up for collaboration, and there's so many... We have really, really cool friends in the community, artists and whatnot. Phil is one of them. And everyone's gone. <laughs> I'm complaining. I'm so happy, but it's hard to catch people now. And that's a good sign. It's like a good problem to have that everyone's booked for a gig or they're speaking somewhere or they're performing somewhere, they're touring somewhere. And that's why they can't be at your event. That's a mm-hmm. great problem because – but still a problem. I miss you yeah. guys. So if you're listening, <laughs> I miss you. And thank you for <laughs> catching up with us. But it's great to hear that people have – people are listening, which is great. Like oh, we, we, We're constantly trying to improve. Um, I feel like we've improved our you – know, our, our, on stage rapport <laughs> and we've been constantly improving our our setup like to just today we're broadcasting with new upgrades to our podcast system our mics have accessories we have uh, are we talking about the clown nose thing yes they're the pop cl- filters <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> and they're to make our p's and our s's less poppies yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't even have a mic stand. So. I love your mic stand. <laughs> so Aaron, Aaron, um, Snapchatted us right before coming on, showing us his setup because he's um he's coming at us straight from Seattle right now, um, via Skype, and he has no mic stand for his USB mic, so he's holding it up via a mug. It's a bowl. Is it a mug? It's a mug. It's, it's oh. one of those really large kind of coffee mugs. Central Perk mug. No, it's like a Halloween one. It says "boo" um, on it, <laughs> and there's like a little ghost. Very nice. I don't know. So, yeah. You know, so you know, hold your ultra legit back, Seattle coffee. But going to back to what Marvin said, like I kind of did the catch up thing too, because um, I think after the Boston episode that I was in, I was like, oh, I should probably you know see what the other ones were all about. <laughs> So, so I think because of that, I think I listened to like six or seven episodes like in the next two days. I just kind of like had it on as I was like working, but I felt like I was almost hanging out with you guys the entire time. And like even right now, 
I feel like I'm just listening, and I'm like, oh, I'm actually on it. <laughs> so I have to remember to contribute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we know. Well, I hope you've been enjoying our shout-outs to you. You've been um, very much a part of the Clobcast for the last couple of weeks, for some reason. Aaron, Los Angeles misses you. I'm telling you. I look at my couch, and I remember the first what week that I had it. Aaron was actually right here with us um, when I moved to L.A. last summer, and he was part of the, the working crew to help me haul this yeah, gigantic they... L-shaped couch into my living no, room. No, 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 that was Scott. Oh, I just Scott. made the dresser. I made your dresser. You made my dresser. Excuse me. I'm sorry, Scott. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mix you up. I remember Scott being there. I thought you helped too, but you slept on it for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're part of the breaking in crew. Okay, I'll call yeah. it that. That was cool. That was that was the week. That was that the first time that you drove down to LA. Yeah. Yes. I cannot believe you drove down to LA. That was really chill, though. Um, the first time. Yeah, like I stopped by. Um, I went to San Francisco first. I probably I learned a lesson that day. I should not have left Seattle at noon. That was a little bit too late. Okay. Because um, I didn't get into San Francisco till four a.m. Good job. I know. There's a lot of mountain traffic in the mountains. Why is that? Um, Give the drive slower. Uh, no, no, it's not, it's not even deer? driving slower. No, not, it has nothing to do with the deer. No, it's curves. There's, it's all curvy roads. No, it's, not the curves. <laughs> um, those have a little bit to do with it. But because um, they're expanding the highways on, on the mountains, no shoulder, one lane. Oh. So, so all the semi-trucks, they, like, they, they struggle to go up those hills. Like, they go, like, if there's one going, like, five miles an hour or stalls, the, the, everything else gets backed up. And it got backed up for, like, 30, 35 miles. Oh, my God. Wait, why are some, why... It's fine now. Like, it's all open. They're transporting things from the Pacific Northwest. I guess, but, like... I would imagine from, it'd be easier just to boat it down, isn't it? Than like no, 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 no. It's, it's it's a lot faster to ship it in in a container. So I got all the FedEx, all the UPS, DHL, mm. whatever they you know they deliver, and you got a lot of private um um shipping. Um, a lot of it does come from Canada and Washington State. Um, Speaking of shipping, Amazon down in LA has just started their um, one day shipping. I know service. I haven't tested that. I wanted. To, I got hey, so excited. I was like, amazing. I'm gonna order something right now. Yeah, that yeah. is nothing compared to Manhattan's one hour shipping. What? You didn't know that? No. Hey, Amazon Prime, two-hour delivery, guaranteed. If you pay an extra, I think it's like seven, eight bucks for your delivery. Yeah, it's not, that, it's not that expensive. Like, it's like, I think I ordered, I tried out the one-day shipping for a, um, a new computer part that I bought. And like, it's like a $5 for one-day shipping. It's amazing. Wait, one day as in you get it the next day? Or oh, no, no, same I mean, same day. day same day. Oh, yeah. But there's a time cutoff, right? Like, you have to you order. You have to order in the morning. Yeah. And then um, they, they pack it by, like, I think... Last call is like probably before noon, so they can like last call. You make it sound like it's like a bar. Well, you know, like I used to work. I used to work distribution, so I mean, oh. there's, there's a certain cutoff point where like you can't drop any more orders for same day shifts. That makes right? sense because that's when like that's when the 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 FedEx the trucks leave pretty much at a certain time. Word. Yeah. I can't even imagine with all the stuff that we're ordering online, like how much that has increased. I mean, have, has anybody seen a drone yet? Because wasn't that a thing? Like, that was, like... They're still the trying feature? to get that. I think they're still trying to figure out, like, the legal implications of, like... Basically, drone. it's a big no-no no in the U.S. We deal with enough helicopters in L.A., you know what I mean? Now yeah, but did you see that, like... 
did you see that Enrique Iglesias clip where like he tried to touch a drone and they sliced his like hand <gasps> open and like bled all over his shirt? No way. And he finished yeah, the he, like smeared the blood all over his shirt. Oh my god! Ew! It's I don't want to see that. It's like, I can be your ah. Did he do it on purpose? <laughs> or was it was accident. It was probably an accident. I bet oh, he didn't expect it was the... definitely an accident. No one's going to like, <laughs> hey, guys, it would be so cool if we got the drone to fly into me. And then, yeah. I don't no, know. Like, it's like one of those, like, he, like, hey, there's a jellyfish. I like, want to touch yeah, it. Yeah, he reached out to touch it, right? I think I think he thought it was like, you know, like fan speed, not like propeller speed. Like, oh for what? Right? I'm pretty... Wait, no, he wanted to touch the camera, not the blade. Well, yeah, right? but like he touched, he ended up slicing his hand open for the blade. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, awful. Yeah. When did that happen? Uh, just this like past a few weekend. days ago. Yeah. Ew. Oh. All over Facebook. Poor Enrique. And YouTube. It's like one of the top videos on YouTube. How did, okay. That actually makes me kind of feel good that I don't know that. <laughs> that means that I'm not completely plugged oh. in. Well, one really popular thing on YouTube right now are um, the people that. That, like where their drones run out of battery and then it's like the I'm saving my drone um video and you can see them like chasing like running across the field as <laughs> as the drone's losing power and it's like about to fall. Have you have you seen those? I haven't seen no. that, but that's actually that makes total sense because okay, this is totally irrelevant to people who don't film that much or you know don't have nothing's drone irrelevant drones. to our audience. We're teaching you broadening your horizons here at the Clubcast. It's the <laughs> Clapcast drone education film hour or a moment. I don't know that much about drones. I've just seen them out and about when you go to like the beach, especially that people are getting like the sunsets and getting kind of a coastal shot or whatever. But I can't imagine like, yeah, what happened? That, that thought actually crossed my mind uh, two drone what occurrences ago. I, I was like, what happens if the power dies? Like literally you can't. Yeah, it falls. But like I, I get. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> But, but but the camera usually still still runs. No, I know the camera still runs, but everything that like you're paying a buttload of money to keep it flying in the air, that's all going to go to crap because it's going to crash on the the concrete. I mean, like everything, you have to be aware of the power, right? Like you but, have maybe like what it's up to like what twenty minutes, fifteen minutes of airtime usually. Right, but like, I would I would be like just just with wind and with if you're like. I don't know. Just every electronics that I've ever used, it always uses more power than you expect. Yeah. Things die faster. So I don't know. They got to come with some sort of protective casing or like oh. some, they got to like ultra optimize it now to have like cushion what, what, on like, the bottom or something. You know, they have like military armored, like, like those remote control drones now that have like machine guns on them. They're like terrible. Oh my God. Um, Cause that's what we need more of in this I, world. I, I watched like, um like a promo, like a, like a, like a new segment of, um, like some kind of military expo and they had like these terrible looking drones and th- instead of a camera they like switched it out with like a gun i was like no like you can't you shouldn't do that that's uh, awful yeah that's i mean that's so- that's the new like way we're fighting wars now you know uh, minimize civilian casualty by sending in remote controlled like what i mean that's, that's what that's what have the air forces now like instead of yeah they flying planes they fly drones or they have planes and it's just compute it's by computer someone in a yeah, that's a, that's also a drone. Is that a drone? Mm-hmm. That's the technical term for. Yeah. I don't know. See, I'm getting educated too. Oh. <laughs> the the best I don't videos know are the, about uh, drones. The, the Christmas unboxing videos. I remember, like, I saw one. This guy like unboxed his drone and he flew it and he like, look, neighbor, and his neighbor was like across the street and flew the drone straight into his like, garage door and like made this big dent and it's like, oh, and it like shattered. <laughs> Guys with toys, man. That's why, like, you know, you got. Leave it to professionals for now. In the future, 
maybe there would be kid-friendly drones with like rubber propellers or I don't That's know. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Like, why don't you like retrofit it for the dummies? <laughs> Should be <laughs> drones for dummies. I think that costs more too. I'm sure. Yeah. But speaking of things taking air by storm. There's been a movie that came out called Aloha that's been causing quite a stir in our in our circles. I roll. Um, for those of you who haven't been following the story, basically, uh, Aloha is a movie set on, I guess, an, an Air Force base in Hawaii, which there are a few. And it stars Bradley Cooper, Emma Stone, girl from The Notebook. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Who is also with Bradley Cooper in Wedding Crashers. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. a great movie. Marilyn does... Bill Murray's in this. Crap Bill Murray. Football. Yeah. He plays like the billionaire tycoon. In Aloha, guy. not... Not um, not in Wedding Crashers. Not Wedding Crashers. Oh. <laughs> it's a star-studded ca- cra- uh, um, cast. I can't talk. And then, so the Emma Stone character... Well, first of all, that movie came in the fire for featuring like an all-Caucasian primary cast <laughs> set in a Hawaii, which is the most ethnically diverse state in well, the 60% union. Asian from what yeah. I keep reading. Um, that's one. Number two is they cast Emma Stone as the character Allison Ng. For those of you who haven't been around Asians a lot, Ng is a traditionally Chinese last name, Chinese slash Vietnamese last name. But she's, okay, now all of a sudden the explanations are pouring out and Cameron Crowe released an official apology today. Like, Quote unquote apology. Okay, you know what? I'm not even gonna question that. Maybe it is a real apology, and it all gives me a headache. Like he's apologizing, saying that this character was meant to be—it's a quarter Chinese, a quarter Native Hawaiian, Native and Hawaiian, half Caucasian, and half Caucasian—and that the character themselves is supposed to be—is based on a real person who is a redhead who had this problem where she did not look ethnically Asian at all, and that. Again, I haven't watched the movie, and I heard that the movie itself, other than this whole little racial fiasco, is really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently in that that whole Sony leak, that that was already yeah. ex- you know, explicitly but taking- expressed. But like, now he's saying, like, that was the story. That's her story, that she didn't look Asian, and like, I'm sorry that it offended who- whoever took offenses. But, but I mean, taken apart from the whole, like, the movie's terrible thing, like, that you have to explain that? Yeah separately yeah. in an interview after the fact and not build that into the story. Yeah. Like, if that was such a big deal, it should have been part of, like, the setup for the character or, like, you know... I can't speak on that because I didn't watch the movie just because I heard it was so bad. And because <laughs> this whole thing, this whole public relations disaster... Wait, so, the whole, so the whole movie already came out? I thought it was, like, it's about to come out. Like it's week? been out for, like, yeah, a week. Um, it's... Getting uh, skewered on the reviews, so like this, there's, there's, I mean, last I heard it was like an eighteen. That you haven't heard about it is probably part of the whole marketing plan for the movie. It's like just oh. get it out as, as quickly as possible, see how it does, and then maybe yank it down after like a week or so. Wow, <laughs> it's it's literally eighteen percent. Yeah. Wow, that's really bad. Okay. Well, I don't trust everything on Rotten Tomatoes, but that's pretty low. Anyway, yeah, that's pretty low. I mean, but there's a lot of argument going on, a lot of, uh, you know, yeah, t- a lot of unhappy people because it constantly happens when movies are set in Hawaii. That is just well, there's that. Yeah, I mean, story. aside from the whole terrible movie things, just um, it's I guess it's it's this general idea that Asian faces apparently aren't marketable, right? Like they have to cast a Caucasian actor or actress because 
if they had casted someone ethnic looking, apparently no one would watch the movie anyways. You know, even less people would have watched it because they would have been like, I don't want a Asian face on my movie. This and. is America, you know. <laughs> True. <laughs> like Fast Furious 7, like that had a very diverse cast. I mean, yeah, they have I mean, the franchise that's been those going are, on for a long time. I mean, time. those are all examples of, you know, it working. But I think in terms of the industry, it feels like I don't know how it is, because, like, we've talked about this before offline about how just like the entertainment industry in general is like a business and it's run not really by like people want to make art anymore, but it's people wanting to make money. Mm-hmm. So all the decisions are made, like what movies a green light, what how much budget to give to the marketing, what to do is it it all funnels through like finance departments where people are crunching numbers based on past performance. Right? Past performance, but I'm telling you, even now, how you're going to get cast in different things based on your social media following. That is the truth of Hollywood. If anybody argues with me, then try being an actor. Okay? It does give you an edge. It's not the deciding factor, but it's, it's becoming a very well-known fact amongst aspiring artists that the more people who have interest in you as a social media icon or whatever yeah. it gives you because it's numbers I mean, it's because the power if they, of, if you, yeah. are you like exactly what we talked about with danny when we we're talking about k-town cowboys and all that stuff it's the reality of the industry it's the reality of the business does your name and does your face on screen put ass in seats are people going to pay a ticket to watch you and that's i don't know it is what it is but it's upsetting yeah. for me for and for anybody who cares about the story and for anybody who cares about having some sort of recognizable authentic representation of a, a, a person place time or you know a place like Hawaii that is 60% Asian that has all this rich culture that never gets included in any sort of real mm-hmm. you know real way yeah. it granted okay I did watch the first eight minutes of Aloha and they have that whole uh, they have a, a dance that that is done by these men in traditional Hawaiian garb and to the music at at the airport as they're welcoming Bradley Cooper's character blah blah, blah. I'm not spoiling anything it's all online you guys can watch it yourself <laughs> but yeah but I guess for me it's just but part of the story it's, yeah, yeah I mean, not, if if your if your attempt to placate or to like show diversity is to like oh look here's hula dancers right that's like kind of that's what every other movie really but think Hawaii, about who's writing every these show, though. like a very special episode in Hawaii. Yeah, which why it goes back to I like mean, who's who's making the decisions, like the decision yeah. makers, like who wrote this, who produced it. They, I kind of understand where that's coming from. Like, how can they write an authentic? Well, they, okay, they could do a, a lot of research and and mm. talk to locals and get you know feedback. Yeah, but I'm saying on a easy, what's most accessible to me? They don't know how to write that story. Yeah. They don't know how to make it. They don't know how to well, represent I mean, it. They they defend Aloha because they're saying we do have like down the cast list. There's that one guy playing himself. I don't know who he is, but there's been defending. We have included locals and people from there. Anyway, I mean, I like the story of Aloha from the uh, camera crow. Again, I don't really care anymore. Well, there's that, and then there's also the news that in his new, I guess it's a TV show or TV series, he casted another Caucasian girl, something Shin, for the part of a Natalie Shin, who's supposed to be. That's a Korean name. (laughs) That is a Korean last name. So, change the name. Okay, if you're going to go with the white casting, fine. But change the... I just don't... That I don't understand. This whole uh, Emma Stone thing, if 
that is clearly the direction that Hugh is trying to do in terms of having this real life person that he's trying to replicate in this movie, this redheaded girl who's part Asian, who had all this all these grievances because she could never really ethnically look what she was. Fine. I don't think that that read very well. Don't know because I didn't watch the movie. I kind of don't care to. Well, I mean, that's. But I don't this, think that was like the central dramatic arc of the story. It right? wasn't. It probably it's wasn't an important part. Yeah. yeah. Not a rom com. It's like a. Dramatic, it could be a rom com, but yeah. it could still be part of the story. Is what I'm saying. It doesn't mm. have to be like some dramatic piece of like her identity, but like it didn't make sense. Is what I'm gathering from this. And to have to add insult to injury for your second thing for Natalie Shin to be another white. I'm sorry, just. <laughs> doesn't equate to me that's like how i feel awkward when i'm in class doing scenes from like plays and whatever and i'm saying hi my name is marcia cross like i feel weird because and that's <sighs> the thing i could be marcia cross because i could be adopted that's a whole other thing but i myself am not i'm chang i'm like as as asian as it gets my last name so just feel like i get it it's, it feels awkward and so i don't personally appreciate it. i'm like come on why can't you change the name and i mean that was one of the Smith. first that was one of the first um defenses that people gave for the lsa in cast is well she might be adopted by asian parents and it's like if you had to go there like it's it's so much easier just to like adjust on the on the writing level like you said i need to the watch this movie now i need to watch this movie i feel like i'm making all these this commentary it's irritating like in general it's it's just touching on a nerve that clearly Asian Americans are, are sick of this. I'm sick of all the other the movies that they've done this where, like, I'm sorry, but the whole Scarlett Johansson keep get, she keeps getting cast in those, like, these Japanese anime movies or something like that. Really? Uh, it's just been that one. Wasn't was it this, the like, one? One? Yeah. one too many. <laughs> <laughs> one too many. Why does that happen? Again, I'm not a big anime follower, but wasn't it like the last Airbender? Like all these movies where there's supposed to be Asian characters oh. with I Japanese mean, Ghost names. In the Shell. Yeah, well, Ghost in the Shell was what what, right? what what you're talking about in terms of Scarlett Johansson being cast as um, Lieutenant Kusanagi of that um, series, and then yeah, Avatar too. But Avatar, they never explicitly said it was Asian. That's their defense. But you know, but the cartoon was set in the Asian inspired world, mm-hmm. so that's kind of their defense saying, well, it's inspired. Not, literal okay fine. and look we have indian people but aren't there but no but it's, it is this that's their defense saying that but at the same time like here's an opportunity to like bring in or introduce asian american or like a diverse cast in the in the story that like that can potentially make careers like i mean avatar was huge last airbender and then basically they went the safe route and that's the thing i'm talking about like hollywood is industry like they more often than not decide to play it safe it's safer to have a white actor or someone with you know name value know someone with following than to to cast a like an asian person yeah you know i get it don't like, like it i get it it's I mean, i'm not trying to convince you that that's i know what they're doing i'm saying you know that's where they're coming from it's like they're just scared they're so scared of losing money that they want to minimize the risk as possible and like like it or not asian people asian actors asian faces are like we're seen as risky you know, which is why, like, we're forced to, like, you know, kind of do our own things. But increasingly it, not. Know. Increasingly not. As much as that it is true. And that's true a lot in in major blockbuster films. But to say that it, we're not making moves, like, I can't help but think of what's going on with, like, Kihong in Maze Runner. And, you know, he's he's done extremely okay it's it's steps it's steps it's steps it's not what we want yeah i mean the fact that ki hong lee his name okay like his name is hella asian yeah 
and he didn't have to change anything. Like that's happened with like Chloe Bennett, right? She 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 has explained, you know, how she went from going from Wang, Chloe Wang, which mm-hmm. is her actual name, to Bennett changed her audition yeah, volume, you but know? I'm also seeing like, you know, because King Hong Lee is successful, isn't making it easy. I don't know. I don't know yet. I, I None of us know yet. If that's making it easier for other Asian American men to do it, because but it is making it easier for him to get cast. But, but at the same time, thing, he's but also him like cast is a really good sign. Yeah, but I mean, there were, he, he's there being was, cast as a badass in in, uh, in Maze Runner, but he's also being cast as an Asian fob in other shows. As you know? what? And Wait. and in a show, yes. Yeah. But he's cast as a one of a primary characters, right? And this is kind of goes back to that question that I got of like, would you take that stereotypical role? Yes, because it would get me on camera. It would show people that I can act. If that was the opportunity put in front of me, would I like it? No. But would I take the opportunity? Yes. It would pay me. I'll be on an NBC show. I don't. I think Young made a great career move by doing that. You know, I'm sure he, there may be things that he or other people and us as an audience aren't really happy with. I'm sure as hell was a little like, what was going on here? Why are you playing Dong, like the Vietnamese delivery guy? But that was what Tina Fey and her team chose. Tina, come on. But like, in the, you know, they're defending themselves, saying that they're building him up to be the non-stereotypical, yeah. heavily accented character. And that's an opportunity there to change that. I mean, his character in... Um in oh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt was does subvert tropes is yeah. subversive in that you know here's a person who could have been super stereotypical and he's you know assertive he has no yeah I mean it is different but until I guess for us I guess for me I mean um, until you see more right like we are seeing more we're seeing Dr. Ken come you know get picked up after fresh out the boat we're seeing yeah. like a lot of pilots that are getting picked up have at least one principal Asian cast member. Oh, they're them, making a point of know? it. In TV, it's a, it's a huge deal. Yeah. Like, they're ABC. I'm spinning to... They have diversity showcase. CBS, right. ABC, they have... They, they put together these programs specifically to get more diverse cast. And that's not just talking racially. They're also talking more women. They're doing programs for, for all the improv comedy troops, at least in Hollywood. Not all. Take that back. That is not a fact. At least at Upright Citizens Brigade, UCB, they're offering scholarships to people who are underrepresented in improv, a lot of that being women and women of color. Like, if you can make a case of why you're not a white male, <laughs> you can actually get your tuition to attend improv class, you know. Yeah. And like we said, you know, improv is such an important building block in just comedic acting and, like, comedy. You know, improv shows are a great way to get people in front of other people. You know, right. Well, every show is. That's why, that, again, yeah. every I, I I come at it from a different perspective. As much as I criticize the industry and I'm not happy with it, there are things happening to change it. It is a gradual process. but And the fact that people are making noise about it, you know, there are people out there who are getting sick of like, oh, my God, Asian people are mad again. They're like, they're nitpicking something. <laughs> First of all, try being in this seat yeah try living that first before you say that but but you're not so whatever yeah i'm glad that people again this story in particular this more well-rounded more multifaceted more in-depth story is emerging right now as we speak i'm proud because as much as it may annoy people i don't care because this story has never been shared or been a concern up until now we're finally, and for whatever reason, they might it might be that confidence or that 
empowerment might be fed through a lot of different things maybe hope hopefully i hope collaboration is part of that by us existing and making this our mission to empower through entertainment but maybe it's from hyphen magazine maybe it's from isa tv maybe it's from tuesday night cafe maybe you know visual communication maybe from all these different organizations like doing their thing being very confident and loud about not only what they like but what they're unhappy with and what they feel are what they feel is unjust and unfair yeah. to to find a a strong way to express those things it's allowing no. other people to like speak up about yeah. that i mean well. a, a bit it's, go ahead go ahead sorry oh well, i'm just like saying you know it's not just like one organization or one movie it's like it's everyone like everyone's kind of pushing for the same thing you know everyone's trying to you know push for you know the empowerment and you know really just getting you know more like api artists like out there and i think ultimately that's like everyone's goal right right like like yeah because i think artists this is my broken record thing but i artists have so much power It, it is very when artists are are creating something that is very true authentic and emotional and you know, full of meaning and, you know, there's tons of things out there that are just purely for pleasure. It just sounds nice or, oh, they look really handsome or they look really pretty. But when you're creating art that I think that's it's release for everybody else because they get to kind of put something out there that everyone else was thinking or feeling that they couldn't find the way to express themselves. So when else someone does that, you're like, yes, (laughs) yes, I get it. I understand. You get me. I mean, it's something that, thrown around a lot lately but just the simple phrase um not okay right it's not okay to do this kind of thing anymore because for a long time it's been okay people have been able to get away with these like casting decisions because you know it's just asians right yeah we've always thought it but now more people are vocalizing that like this kind of stuff is not okay you you know who's really great though steven ewan in the walking dead yeah yeah because um well, because, like, the writers, you know, for him, because, like, he's not the Asian guy as, as part of the group, right? Like, he's pretty much, like, you know, on the show, post-apocalyptic zombie world, whatever. <laughs> but but basically, he's, like, his character is basically, basically like, seen as an equal amongst everyone else, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, which, which is, like, really cool. And um, I know, like, from time to time... Like, he still gets to, like, represent, like, his culture of being Korean-American. And there were, like, a few instances in the show where he's, like, you know, like, I'm not Chinese, I'm Korean, you know. Which is still really cool that, like, the writers incorporated that in there. Yeah. Like, they didn't have to, but, like, they, they kind of, you know. They, they, they made a point to do there. that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Well, because it's in the past. And that's actually a little insider knowledge that I'm learning from uh, a commercial standpoint, I don't even know how okay it is for me to share this. Whatever, I don't care. It's market research. Um, what I'm hearing from from commercial agencies is that well, c- commercials are you know the quickest turnaround, right? There's they're quick little advertisements that you just film really quick, and then you got to kind of put out there to fill your YouTube and annoy you because you can't get to the what you're actually there to watch, and you have to watch 30 seconds of XYZ commercial, right? Those commercials. Um, in the commercial world, they've been they've they've taken first and foremost notice of 
the Asian demographic. They are absolutely out there looking for more diversity in general. They're like, I want Indian. I want Korean. I want Chinese. I want Malaysian. I want, but they, and they actually specify. So that's how I've seen for me in the very, very short little amount of time that I've been in the acting world. And it's very, very limited knowledge. I'm, you know, still learning every single day, but it's cool to see before it's, I, my first job ever, actually, the thing that I got paid for first was for an Intel ad where I got cast as a Chinese girl. And for me, and it was actually going to be put in China. They're going to, it was a print ad and a small recorded thing. And they're like, we're going to play this in China. So it was never going to see the light of day here. But in my mind, I was like, this is not going to fly. I think I look hella Korean. They're not going to buy me as a Chinese girl. But the people who cast me in San Francisco, they didn't care. And they, you know paid me and I was like happy and I was on my way but in my head the whole time I was like this is they're gonna they're gonna know they're gonna see these <laughs> girls they're gonna be like what's that Korean girl doing there you know and now they want like legit they they specify you need to be actually Chinese you need uh-huh. to speak Mandarin or blah 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 I was gonna more, say more. something more like uh this is another topic for maybe when we are okay with talk but like a lot of the world like wants to look korean these days you know oh like, god the whole thing <laughs> well the korean people don't want to look korean so oh. yeah <laughs> or like just what there's so like, there's so much money into that right now like, i know and it's so ridiculous aaron you like, probably know more than i do probably because i try to ignore it to be honest from, from from the money standpoint because like they still they talk about that like on the finance news and stuff still what what did like, they talk about just like their Korean influence into like the Chinese market and like whatnot. Oh really? Like, yeah, yeah. Like um, their uh, K-pop's really popular now everywhere. K-pop did a good job making K-pop really popular. Yeah. Um, but it's also like products and stuff too. Like there's like clothing and makeup. Like I hear those yeah. are a really big money maker like overseas. Like as in like overseas from Korea. Yeah, I mean, and man, they're just milking it. Yeah, they I are. mean, the Korea just pop culture machine is very, very. It's it's super strong because it's very, it's very pop. You know, it's it's easily exportable. Even like oh. so, I mean, even you know how you have all these stories about Korean American kids going to Korea to become pop stars. They used to go to Taiwan. Now they go to Korea because of the, the oh. industry, right? Oh. Um, but there's also mainland Chinese kids going to Korea to be pop stars as well. Like like one member of every group remember one member of every group used to have like one american person right they used to be the rapper or like the in the, china or in korea in korea in really? k-pop groups right no actually hong they, kong they weren't all, hong kong you artists mean like korean american yeah. yeah 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 they would they, they used to they, have they, like korean american like so they the can rap kid, yeah, right? yeah yeah but now like each group also has like a chinese kid too. i've noticed that i heard yeah. that because that's how you market like china like in general in the future like we were all trying to figure out how to market china because that's where the consumers are you had like what, billions, billions of, of consumers. consumers there that are like one point three five billion now. Yeah. I think. Oh, God, each oh. coming to like you know before they had to like work to live. Now like they have enough money to live. Now they have money to spend on expensive stuff and like brand name things and right. That's, yeah, that's what Alibaba is all about. <laughs> See, I yeah, Aaron, you started that conversation with me once, and I. Did, I don't know all the things, and you've been talking about Alibaba. Isn't that like the Amazon or what? Alibaba is Alibaba's kind of like the e-commerce, like they're like the Amazon slash eBay of China. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but they make more money than Amazon and eBay combined. Yeah, because they have what? way more customers using it. Yeah. Well, okay. Isn't YouTube not a, like that's Google's not allowed? Google's not allowed, not allowed in allowed China. Period in China. Yeah. See, I didn't I didn't know that until a few years ago. Well, they were kicked off years ago. 
Oh, yeah. It's it's still like it's still accessible, but it's tough. Like you know, it's go through VPNs. Facebook, and all stuff, Facebook yeah. doesn't. Yeah, Facebook doesn't work. Yeah, because Twitter have doesn't they work. Have, they have Renner and they have um, Weibo. Weibo, yeah, Weibo, Weibo, yeah, Weibo, yeah. Um, and because they, it's because they're big enough, they can get away with it. You know, Crazy town. They don't need American. Like, yeah, they don't. Yeah. They really don't. What, you said what? One point five billion? Probably more than that. I don't have the number off the top. Of it. They're like, no, I don't. I don't think it's one point five yet. But they're easily like, like what, like three Americas worth of people. Like, I, I think it's, it's a lot about, of people. A little bit more than one point three, and in India, it's like one point one. I think India's at one point one now. India's been at about a billion for a while now. Holy crap! It's if you didn't know that. And Japan is vanishing. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That, wow. I like global economy brain exploding. <laughs> this is like that. That astounds me because it's just the impact of culture everywhere. Like what that actually means. Yeah. In terms of. Wow. Holy. I had no but, idea. I, was I thought that was like common knowledge. That, I, that is not common knowledge. I am. I'm very basic. It's like those are the only two countries that are like in the billions. I didn't know. I knew China was. I did I knew I knew India was definitely in oh. the millions because you know just, the, the overpopulation problem. So I pulled up the, some some of the stats. So China's at about like 1.3, India's 1.1, 1. 1, and then in third place is the United States at 304 million. So yeah, that's about three times. But we yeah, act like we run the whole world. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, for the long, like, still now we're we're the major exporter of pop culture. I think, you know. Yeah, we are. People true. watch our television. Like, people watch our movies. Absolutely. Well, um, is it because of us as a nation, or is it because like the corporations like spend so much money like pushing Coca Cola like to the world? You know. Well, there's that. I mean, most consumer companies like P and G or whatever like. America's done. Like they're done. Like what they can add in American the American market is incremental, right? Like it's true. Targeting the Asian demographic to like move away from our, you know, Asian brands to like Campbell's brand teriyaki sauce or whatever. But like oh, um, their main know, source of gross. growth is China developing markets like, you know, Vietnam, South Asia, like those are where the I, growth is because it's oh. that's where people may not be buying the products now. But they can be bragging products later, and like you know, companies like Campbell's, companies like you know P and G are moving into, are move, like even Starbucks are moving into these new new countries, and they're doing it very like very strategically. Like they're they're selling Campbell's soup, but it's not labeled Campbell's soup; it's some other brand. Doing business right? as that's, or like, that's already what they do here. Like PepsiCo, they own like a whole brand of Mexican food and grocery stores. Well, yeah, I mean Pepsi makes most of the uh, stuff you buy in Trader Joe's. But, you know, Does it? Yeah. What? It's Pepsi, Pepsi makes a like like a lot yeah. of products. Like Quaker Oats is all Pepsi. Campbell serves like if you order soup at a restaurant, there's a good chance you're eating Campbell soup. Mo- most what? cereals in grocery sto- stores are PepsiCo. Yeah. Yeah. My brain is imploding. <laughs> I had no idea. These brands, these companies are very like they're finding any a lot of ways to get into your you know your home. And it's like how a lot of times it's I like, feel violated right now. <laughs> and a lot of times, you know, these brands are also like we're going to the Clubcast business minute here. But a lot of times, these marketing like it's very the brand messages are like they fight each other, right? Like say for example, like but Unilever, they're, not, they're still friends. Yeah, Unilever <laughs> is this big like you know they make a lot of consumer goods. They own Axe and they also own Dove. 
And like, like the marketing messages between Dove and Axe are like wow, complete ends because, of the spectrum. Right? One is like very hyper masculine, and one is like feel beautiful. Use Dove, you yeah. know. They're, they're trying to get a different audience, but yeah. but there's like I feel like one of the problems with that is with media is there's a lot of conflict of interest, mm-hmm. like. Um, like with what NBC is owned, what forty nine percent by General Electric, is it? And then yeah. it is, yeah. That's like and the whole Com- like premise Comcast, of Thirty Rock. Yeah, Comcast owns fifty one. I love it that they call it, they they always like joke about it. What did they call it? Like Cable Town. Cable Town, Shanghai Week Company. Yeah. yeah. And then and then Disney owns ABC and ESPN and a couple more channels here and there, but I don't know. Yeah. If you it's trace like, a lot of brands, there's, there's, there's this infographic out there that, you know, if you trace, trace a lot of brands that you use every day, it all comes back to the same, like, big, like, four or five Oh, that's the same companies. thing with, like, beers now. Like, a lot of people are coming out with, like, oh, microbrews and, oh, local oh, no, that's distilleries. Some, that's something completely different. That's, I have a friend who it, owns his own brewery, and, like, basically it, a lot of, like, that's why, like, doing Super Bowl commercial, it caused kind of a big stir in, like, the microbrew community, but, like... um. Budweiser released this commercial like, don't drink microbrews. You don't want like a peach flavored beer. Drink a real beer, Budweiser. But at the same time, but Budweiser, Budweiser they, owns they Shop own. Top and they're about to release like a peach flavored beer. You know? All liars. It's all. Yeah. No, like all the, like, like 95% of the beers or more like in a grocery store is owned by like five companies now well yeah i mean shock top is budweiser yeah. like a lot of the yeah. beers that like have like more color it's like the whole like wine industry trying to reach younger audiences right <laughs> like you gotta be cool and cool right now is indie like that's what the whole like you no know, the whole quote-unquote hipster movement right it's not really like you know it's people want more handcrafted more so anti-mainstream <laughs> yeah anti-mainstream kind of thing but at the same time like companies know that marketing agencies know that and like um, a lot of times that like, you play right, like, cause like they, they count on people being discerning, but not too discerning. Right. People aren't though. They yeah. just want what they want. And then as long as they feel good about that and can Instagram it myself yeah. included, I'm not discluding myself. You kind of go <laughs> on your merry way and you don't, I, again, I feel like everything, <laughs> Everything just yeah. changed right now from the last four minutes of this conversation because <laughs> I didn't know any of these. I things. mean, if you dig deep into all these things, I feel like so. It's I apologize to our listeners to have listened to this marketing talk between. No, it's really helpful like, information. I feel like all of my, you know, what what do you call it? My high and mighty like anti the rage against the machine kind of mentality is like well, I've been <laughs> buying right into it. Yeah, you know, you like I was like I'm a victim. I'm a victim. <laughs> it's not. I'm no, a maybe, pawn. <laughs> so. It kind of like so the the dove thing in general, in, in, in particular, I mean, leads into this. You know, we had this interesting. It was a case study for business school. We're saying like the message is good, right? You're, you're like say for dove, you're empowering girls and women to think differently about what beauty beauty standards or whatever mean, right? They did the whole thing with like tell an artist what you think what your standard of beauty is, or like they have this like you know tell the little girl that she's beautiful or whatever, no matter what she is. But at the same time. The whole message is meant for you to buy their stuff. Yep. Right. So people don't remember yeah. that these are all to <laughs> sell products. So yeah. to sell oh, products. do they deserve praise for bringing to light these you know important issues, or should they be written off because in the end their intention is to sell you their bar of soap? Well, you know, okay. First of all, because like their their product is to make you look 
beautiful, right? That's soft and yeah. <laughs> huggable. And I don't know. Yeah. I, you know what's a terrible soap though? Yeah. So what's the right marketing then? Like you're dirty, use our stuff. <laughs> well, it, I mean that's you know, like you know, it's. I feel like with soap, you either gotta go. It's for girls or it's for boys. Why? Like, Why? Uh, like that's and then a, so you have the ax commercial, which is like use our soap and you get, you like you'll women will be all over you, right? Because that's know? the goal. I, ugh. <laughs> like all the ax commercials, like that, they're terrible. It's like oh, you spray it on, and then all the girls are like running after you. I'm really curious. This is this has been on my mind since several statements ago, but Just I'm very like- curious to see what impact Miss <clears throat> Jenner is going to have on all of this. Mm. And I actually watched the best commentary. There there have been multiple reactions after the release yesterday of the Vanity Fair cover with Caitlyn Jenner on right. it. And I so, think... Do you want to give context? Or, wait, people wait, should know what they're yeah, talking about. Who is she? Like, Caitlyn Jenner is... Um, Aaron, are you serious? <laughs> all, all I know is that... You're was, supposed to know all the trends before I do. Do we know something for Aaron? Oh, oh my all God. All I know is that her name popped up I feel and like that she was you. the first... The, the fastest person on Twitter to get a million followers ever. We yeah. beat Aaron in knowing you stuff. You really don't know who Caitlyn Jenner is? But besides that, like, I don't... Is she one of those... I have not... I don't know So who she's she formerly as, Bruce yeah. Jenner. Who's that? Oh, my God, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> How are you so on top of, like, <laughs> every trend on the planet? You like, know I what? heard the name, but I, like, didn't care enough about to, like... Okay, okay, okay. So Bruce Jenner is the... Um, Form, did, is, is he in Chris Jenner still, still? No, they split up. They split, okay. Bruce Jenner was originally an Olympic runner? He was a multi, like, he won He's a like track lot. and field runner. He was Gold the athlete yeah, of I mean, like, the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ultra Olympian. Married Chris Jenner, the mother of... Uh, Kim Kardashian. Kim, the mother of Kim Kardashian after Robert Kardashian, Kim's father, passed away. Actually, she remarried while they were still alive. Oh, really? I know way too much about okay. this. You should probably uh, explain it because I'm just... Ugh. I don't watch that show. So at all. It, he's just—he's famous for being the Kardashian stepdad, and he's been oh, part of the Kardashian clan for many, many years before they even went on TV. He's been their stepfather, and like that's how we all knew Bruce. Well, his two daughters are like blowing up in the in millennial media world too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's um, how the millennial I, world knows Bruce yeah. Jenner as the Kardashian stepdad and the dad that, of Kylie and Kendall Jenner. But the rest of the world knows him as the greatest athlete that ever lived. He had a name for himself for many, many years as as an individual and recently was going through a change and he was transitioning into becoming Caitlyn. So she has been going through this transition for a long time. But the media was speculating being incredibly cruel and invasive and just ridiculing and what else is new because they need stuff to they need crap to put in, you know, to get clicks and views. Um, so this that story was always bubbling for what, like two years now? It's been a while. Oh, I, I kind of just looked it up and I kind of see. Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> I heard the name Jenner, I was like. Oh, it must be like one of those Kardashian. He came out know. as she now. She came out as trend, like kind of identifying as a female. Like maybe, I feel like it was a year. It hasn't been super long. People have been speculating yeah. for a long time because she's been going through this transition, and they there's always cameras, mm-hmm. always. So the there are like subtle changes that everyone was just like, oh my god. I saw nail polish. Oh, my God. Why the ponytail? Blah, blah, blah. So anyways, but she came out 
uh, yesterday, like in as her name, and and she did that whole interview with uh, Diane Sawyer. Uh, was it like a couple months ago? I watched the entire. Or was it a month it was, ago? It was a month ago. It wasn't even that long. Yeah, yeah it, was it was like a, a month, month ago. ago. Um, I watched it. I thought it was incredibly powerful, and it's made a huge splash obviously in the world because it's the world's greatest yeah. athlete the most manly man on the planet has now come out to the entire world as i'm a woman i was born a woman i was just in the wrong body and so it's just really interesting to see um, what kind of responses are coming out right cool. now but for the most well, part i feel like it's been positive well i mean so well, now i know <laughs> now you know if you don't know now you know i think like um john seared or someone was bringing up the fact that like that. You know, the moment that she came out as a woman, people started treating her like a woman, like a woman in, in terms of like instead of just any trait about her that has nothing to do with how she looks right. is suddenly irrelevant. And that's all the comment. That's what I noticed, too. And again, it's so subtle and and it is in its way positive that it's OK. Here's the thing. I'm going to try to be like a basher on this. I think it's great that. So many people, men and women and trans or every the entire community, the society is as welcoming Caitlin. I'm hearing more positive than negative. I know for a fact there's tons of transphobic, awful, like garbage of humanity comments going out up there. But the vast majority of the response seems to be positive and saying, you know what, this is gonna uplift a community that has been really marginalized and really misunderstood and really, you know, hurting in a lot of different ways because of how ostracized they've been because of this move. Or at least just bring it. It's like the whole thing with not to bring it to like Asian American media, but like just bring attention to it, having someone prominent in media, like, you know, represent. Yeah. And I think that was the goal with Caitlin and everyone's going to hate on that. And who knows to what extent that's true. And I'm not going to leave that out of the conversation that it's all for attention and money or whatever. The attention can can do some incredible good for people who are, are, there's so much violence and there's so much just destructive everything that's going on Mm -hmm. in the community that no one cared about until now, um, I think is incredible. But Jon Stewart's commentary just... (laughs) John, man, I love you. <laughs> yeah, but that's the whole thing with like having role models in media that represent your experiences. Like, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal, and I think that's a, it's a huge win for the trans community. But Laverne Cox made made another statement about welcoming Caitlyn, but saying that this is only the first of many conversations and steps to actually building true understanding that it's a huge momentous celebrate you know it's a great celebration moment but it's it's the beginning not the end but i really love what john stewart said because he he was just calling it out for what it is he's like welcome to the world of being a woman and it actually reminded me of one of the best blog entries i had randomly read several years ago and i want to find the link to it because i just really basically this this uh a trans uh used he went from she went from being male to female she stayed with her partner who is a woman she decided to stay with her after she went through her transition and her whole life she i think she was probably in her late 20s or early 30s so adult you know, and she had had this dream of like, oh, my God, when I can finally be myself, when I can finally wear dresses and makeup and and do the whole girly thing, I can be myself. I can be happy. Right. That was like the whole dream. And she wrote about this extensively in her blog. And then her partner was like, oh, honey, are you crazy? Like, 
no. Like when you turn into a woman, just wait because you're going to start now understanding how inadequate you are as a person, right? And that that was the whole premise of the blog. And I thought it was it was just really, for me, very eye-opening to read somebody who had gone through a significant part of their life to, to adulthood as a man and then go into from being a man to experiencing life as a woman and then seeing how different the just the messaging and he's and she was saying yes it was a complete I would this is stuff that I wasn't ready for that's why she wrote about it for all, for the trans community like this is stuff that you're not going to be ready for you're you get ready to be bombarded by every ad every subtle like little message and little comment and little like how you get treated like you know, just how inadequate you are and how everything is based on like how how good your ass looks in jeans and like how nice you smell on this like dainty flirty day of yours and you know and I don't know I could go on about this for days I just feel like it's a conversation that um, it was a different perspective that really opened my eyes I think I was in college or something it's been a while since I read this but John Stewart kind of re brought up that topic and in a very yeah. intelligent funny but poignant way yeah just by saying in like what one and a half minute commentary that's why i love you john <laughs> i mean that's why comedy is like can be a, like is a force for you know satire bring 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 awareness to the way things are and how like incredibly ridiculous it can be sometimes well now that's a, the reason why i thought of that was because <laughs> as soon as you said yeah. dove i was like oh god they're gonna they're, yeah. who 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 are the brands that are gonna fight <laughs> tooth and nail to get to do a campaign with Caitlyn Jenner and with mm. Laverne Cox. And again, who's to say that that's a good thing or bad thing? Again, you're bringing attention to something that yeah. can drive conversations and highlight really brave people who are coming out to be who they are and really representing that. That's a great thing. But on the flip side, yeah. you're like, ah, I'll be there pulling my hair out. So <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's better not to like pull back the curtain. Right. That's to what not I'm see saying. the matrix, you know. That's what I'm saying. Life be so much nicer. <laughs> but you mean if we, if we lived in the matrix. Well, you know, to not see the matrix. So Aaron, now are you like fully educated? We just educated Aaron on something. Yeah. This is like the first time ever. Oh come on. That's not like I don't know. You everything. read more news than anyone alive. Like That's not true. I do intake a decent amount of news. But what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, now that you're learning about all this, and uh, maybe it's too much information for you to handle. It's a lot. I mean, that's it's a. It's, I think it's. I think it's cool. I think it's like it's, you know it's a really cool and like pos- positive aspect for the you know LGBT community. LGBTQ. <laughs> What's the Q stand for? I saw an article like, that explained what the Q. Oh, okay. And I was like, I didn't read it, and then I. Yeah, I think that it's just, again, a great conversation for the world to be having because I can't it's it's baffling to me. There's so many issues that come up still with gay marriage and all, you know, all these different things. And that's why, like, those subtleties start to come into play, even with branding. Right. When it's saying like, oh, when you're trying to get that guy. Right. (laughs) So if you're saying that, like, everything is marketed to women who are heterosexual women and you're saying, like, well, what if you're not into guys? Like, do do I am I your product? (laughs) Is your product irrelevant to me? Have you seen those commercials from like the 50s? Like they have the compilations on YouTube. Oh, those are the worst. I know where you're going, Marvin. I know where you're going. I haven't watched them recently. Just watch Mad Men. Another another series you should watch. Oh, I've seen like magazine ads that they pulled for just different Mm. products for changing world man yeah changing world i mean there was that um there's an article making the rounds uh on social media like just last week about like basically like 
how it's not okay for your wife to um, withhold sex from you and how to like get around that. Oh my God. Oh what? my God. Wait, you said this was a BuzzFeed? No, it was, like, it was, our... it was a blog. Oh, it was being, oh okay. Yeah. I was like, what? Um, but it was picked up by, you know, like the, you know, the watchdog sites. But I was about to say something else, but I forgot. While you think of that, I just want to say if because. Use... Oh. Oh, no. well, I wanted to say the, the other part of what I wanted to say about all this messaging and how this is going to, it is going to transform somebody as, as celebrity and as powerful as Caitlyn Jenner now on the scene, it is going to change people. It's going to make them more sensitive. It's going to make them less because you know what, even if they don't care, a lot of the rest of the world cares. Right. And it's going to change that conversation. And people will like suddenly how Asian Americans are like, stop casting white people as us. You know, (laughs) people are going to be, and some people complain because they're like, why is everyone so sensitive about everything? Well, it's because, you know, you're coming from a place of power and you don't have to deal with being marginalized or being acting like you're invisible or like being marketed to like you don't exist. Yeah. And I think that it's important, particularly for the Asian American community, just because of how long I've been, it's been going on that there's still so many issues that are across the board. But in the, from what I know in the Asian American community, how many conversations are not being had about the LGBTQ community, how those conversations are important because it involves families, it involves identity, it involves like your life and yeah. your happiness. I hear people say like, oh, we don't have gay. My cousin said this to me, like we it's don't have gay people in a, Korea. Did you hear about basically the, um, the city of Seoul has like their police departments effectively banned the pride parade from happening there? What? Yeah. What? Yeah. This year? Mm-hmm. Now? Yeah, it's happening right now. There's I, a petition going around. I heard culturally uh, in that South Korea that's not a big fan of... Uh, yeah. yeah. My cousin said yeah. to me, we don't have gay people in Korea. And I <laughs> but, started laughing so hard. But, I remember but, I remember um, what I was going to say. Sorry, Aaron. Um, but, you know, I guess there's, there's some silver lines. Like, I think humanity as a whole, we're making baby steps, I guess. Because just was the last week that the whole country of Ireland like passed like, gay, marriage. gay marriage. Go Ireland. And this is like, that's where I was about to go yeah, to. This yeah. is a country that's like traditionally very Catholic. Right. Based, and like no one, like to have like, you know, whole people, like a majority of your people say like, we're going to oh. make this into law. And like first, first country to pass same sex marriage by popular vote. Nice. That's what, how yeah. popular do you know? 60%. 60%. Say 60, 60, 60. That's what I read. I might, I might be. Recalling. Yeah, I was gonna say at least fifty percent. Yeah. Ireland. There's yeah. definitely a majority, and like you, you know, like there was a lot of you know, church people that are very like. I'm sure. Against it, but the the fact that like a country that you know like making they're, a statement, really, right? it's making a statement. Yeah, they're like, really cool about it. Yeah. Like I was watching the news, and they were like interview like old Irish dude like in this like Irish pub it's like how do you feel and I'm like oh I feel totally cool no like like I'm not kidding like that's how they like interview people and you're like oh yeah it's totally cool like I voted yes and it's like oh interesting like okay nice I like seeing that yeah I mean it's the whole thing where like you know like, it's it's but the rest of the world in the in the most like broadest sense it's an individual liberty thing right it's like being able to do what you want to do not having some like anachronistic moral code like tell you that that's not okay it's giving rights to people for like i'm sorry if i if i were whoever i choose to be my life partner it's i would like them to be able to have a say in what happens to our children our property our my body my remains like it's how is that infringing on your happiness in your life and like oh it just (laughs) well 
I think if, technically, um, if you had a will, that that would just tell people what to what to do, right? Yeah, but I mean, but I'm saying huh. it's a very basic. It's a basic. Just I don't know. Stop, I, sh- stop shooting at Minji's points, Aaron. No, no, you're not shooting at my points. You're making me oh, build them. <laughs> no, I'm coming from a dip. I I agree with. Obviously, there's the will, but it's just I just the arguments that everyone is just like. It's just it makes me feel icky. That's what they should just say. <laughs> Right? Yeah. That's the basis of like their argument, quote unquote. I don't like it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. There's no legal like Yeah. Stop. But Pride when is Pride Weekend? It's coming it's up. It's coming up. We should go and support Bells on. <laughs> I miss San Francisco. I miss the Castro. San Francisco in general is just supportive. Yeah. I love it. Though it's getting very, very, very expensive to live there. Oh, it's been. Boo on you, San Francisco. Lower your rent, for God's sake. All right. Well, that's been about like we're 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 getting we're getting up there and for this podcast. But um, Aaron, anything you want to plug for Seattle? That was my expression. Well, um, collaboration Seattle. We are having a uh, an open mic tomorrow. But are we releasing this like in time for for this announcement? Maybe not say tomorrow. Maybe say like you know Thursday. Which is tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, oh. Are, are we releasing? If you're this listening tomorrow? to this when this podcast is released, is tomorrow. If you're listening to this when I think you're going to be listening to this, it's today. And if you're listening to this afterwards, maybe you know next week. Uh, it was like a week ago. So. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> when well, you're okay, listening to this, it was June fourth. <laughs> June fourth, Thursday, seven p.m. Come out to ACRS Asian. Counseling referral services in South Seattle and collaboration in Seattle. We're going to be hosting an open mic with ACRS and it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. I will be there. Oh, if you want me to meet Aaron in yeah. person, you might actually get on Snapchat or his Instagram and that is automatic. What? Like hundred likes. I don't know. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I, I wish that was an automatic hundred likes. That flew by. I can't believe it's already. Wow, that's a podcast. Yeah, I learned a lot on this. Also, if you're in and Los Angeles, June twenty seventh is Collaboration Los Angeles, our annual local showcase. Six amazing finalists will compete for a chance to move on to the Collaboration Star finale in November. Uh, tickets are on sale now. You can check out more details on www.collaboration.org. Yes. What's and- that website again? www.collaboration.org And for people out there who have never been to a collaboration show, check it out. It's really fun. This is, you know, it's just my plug. All the shows that we've, I, I get to see people who are the up-and-comers. I love that because they're extremely talented and they're just kind of emerging on the scene. And um, we put a lot of really great effort into working with some very cool people like Sean, our host, our our host for Collaboration LA show, uh, to make something different and unique and meaningful. It's not just kind of like your run of the mill. Oh, let's show up and listen to some things like, no, we want to keep it fun and fresh, representative of the community. Come support. Um, And it means a lot to us. It keeps our keeps the fire in our hearts burning. Yeah. (laughs) You hear that? It's gonna be fresh. So fresh. Fresh. So fresh. It's going to be amazing. There's lots of events coming up, too, and we're keeping that up. Oh, one other thing I wanted to mention is that um, our collaboration.org slash artists, if you guys want to check that out, we are finally 
sharing our compilation of hopefully that's the goal every single artist that we've worked with in our collaboration the 16 years the 95 plus shows and counting um we've worked with i think it's in the thousand range right like at least a thousand artists and guest performers and special guest judges average of six artists per show times i don't know six i think the average used to be like nine to be honest, back in the day, they still had like twelve. Yeah, no collaboration SF. We had we had fourteen one year, close to a thousand. I it's think. probably close to a thousand. Yeah. If you cl- include all the guest performers oh, and the then, judges, yeah. we are over well a over a thousand. So um, we want to share with you guys the really awesome people that we've been able to work with and meet and have on our stage. So um, it's a, just a couple hundred up there right now, but this is a massive you know, labor of love that we're putting out there for you. So please check it out. Give us your feedback. Maybe you'll see some familiar faces uh, that you didn't know were part of the collaboration movement, but it's really fun. And uh, this year, I don't know, I got, I got this really great feeling about this year being really momentous for the Asian community just because there's so many pieces coming together, so many people that are really supportive and just, you know, yeah. speaking out. Not even Cameron Crowe. For real. Down, Cameron, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's a big eye roll. And I'm kind of like, okay, move <laughs> on. And shout out to, I want to give a shout out to Dan Matthews, to Dan, a.k.a. Dan. Um, they just did a really great fundraiser last week for ICTV yeah. to support Nepal and to support autism. And it was really great. Again, it was an APEM celebration. A lot of really awesome people came out. Some YouTube celebrities came out and played played ball. It was very entertaining because there were some flips and you know dancing. And we had like a halftime show and a dunking contest. And apparently yeah. Ian sang the Star Spangled Banner and yeah. I missed it. And I'm really sad. <laughs> Ian from Fresh Out the Boat was there. So, yeah. Shout out to ISA TV for putting that on. Yeah, good job to them. And right. I'm proud. Proud of everybody Lots of cool doing their thing. Yeah. And Minji was on TV, LA 18. She had an interview <laughs> with Kennedy of Apollo. Hello, if you want to check out that interview, it's on www.collaboration.org. I will say that I'm happy that I'm not scowling as much anymore. That's, that's a big deal. You should go <laughs> Aaron, on. Aaron, have you seen my old interviews where I, oh, God, no, I don't want people to watch. But I, I'm angry in most of them. Go in the comments and comment how how Minji's I, not looking like he, she wants to kill someone. Hey. <laughs> hey. You know what? Aaron, you're the best. And thanks, Aaron, for joining. Where, Aaron, when are you coming back down here? Um, I feel like um, I feel like we kind of overpowered you during this podcast. I'm sorry about that. It's cool. He gets to hang out with us in real time. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like we're hanging out. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure when the next time is that I'll come down. To come LA. down for Collaboration LA show. Yeah, man. Or else. Or else what? I don't know. I can do nothing. Maybe I'll come to Seattle. You're going to Snapchat me to death? I can't do that. You can't kill someone with Snapchat. That's not possible. And for the rest of you, if you would like to get involved in the podcast, we are always looking for listener emails. Um, send us anything from questions, um, reactions to what we're saying, what if scenarios, you know, either um, either or type of, you know, would you rather questions. We can take those. Anything that will lead to uh, interesting conversations between myself and Minji and our guests are welcome. Um, you can email us at podcast at collaboration.org. And have a lovely day. Yeah, that's it. Thanks again, Aaron, for joining us. I uh, hope you had fun. Um, thanks, thanks for, for your, having me. Thanks for all your insights on um 1.1 billion. I India. had no idea. I'm still marveling. It's Excuse dense. Me. It's a very dense country. It's, I like, know, you know that. Like, China is dense, but also it's also spread out. But yeah. India is dense. Have you watched those like, traffic like 
<laughs> I've seen those. Videos. It's crazy. I was in it, you guys. I was in a rickshaw in the middle of it. It's bananas. But anyways. <laughs> Did you fear for your life? It was scary. Mm. Well, for other reasons, too. Not just like the chaos because nobody stays in any lane, but I was scared that I was going to get kidnapped. Mm. Oh. That might sound dramatic, but it's like it was a real fear. Anyway, it's tough. Yeah, it's, that's another that's another <laughs> subject another for another day. Maybe we can. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Minji's like almost getting kidnapped and. Anyways. And that's a collab cast. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, thank you. I'm a disco guy. Excuse me, I heard bang bang, I heard shots. The mean barge in the interrupt your workshop. Without you, the show stops. I heard you're thirsty, so I got you a cold pot. Hey, girl, hit me with your voodoo. Choreos, I watch the be YouTube. Baggy clothes you wear.